0: And greetings and salutations, folks. This is the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Speece. I'm your host. Thank you, folks, for joining us here at the Crude Life Week in Review. we got a fantastic program in store for you today. We start out, of course, talking with Mr. William Prentice from the Meridian Energy Group. They're building the Davis Refinery out in Bellfield, North Dakota. Soon to be a reality, the first greenfield refinery in the United States in over 50 years, and it's coming to the Bakken out in Belfield, North Dakota. What a boon it's going to be for the community and economic development. I tell you, the citizens and the townsfolks and the council members and the neighbors and everything, they are so excited, the local community. I've had a number of people on this program as well. I've talked to them face-to-face. I've seen them fill the community center, which is like a theater there. And it's been just a fantastic uh, conversation that we've been having about a state-of-the-art, cleanest, going to set the standard across the nation. I'll tell you, the Meridian Energy Group and the Davis Refinery. All right. That's coming up in just a moment or two. And then we talk with Mark Fox. He's the chairman of the uh, three-affiliated tribe out in Fort Berthold, Mandaree, North Dakota. What a great event. It was a ribbon cutting for a new Head Start facility out in Mandaree. Crestwood and others donated $2 million plus to make sure that this thing has ongoing K, pre-K, actually, learning. And what a fantastic event. I was there, got to see a lot of the uh, executives from Crestwood, the employees, the whole community of Mandaree came out, as well as some dignitaries from the tribe and the federal government as well. So uh Mark Fox coming up a little bit later on in the program. The chairman of the three affiliated tribes, Fort Berthold Mandaree. All right, what else do we got coming up? Oh, one of our favorites from Watford. Well, he's actually from Gillette, and then Watford he's at now. He's a roughneck-turned-inventor-turned-business-owner. Pat Young with Patlock Safety Systems. You're going to want to stick around for this character. As uh, my buddy says... Uh, I better get some popcorn ready for this interview. That's what he told me when he found out I was interviewing Pat Young with. Patlock Safety Systems. Give him a call. Find out why you need a tub of popcorn in order to listen to his interview. But it's coming up in just a moment or two. Well, a little bit longer than that because we got William Prentice coming up right now. Well, first, let me just give you the rundown one more time. William Prentice coming up in just a second. And then we're going to have Mark Fox, chairman of the three affiliated tribes, Fort Berthold Reservation, and Pat Young with Patlock Safety Systems. But right now, Mr. William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group, who is spearheading the Davis Refinery coming to Bellfield, North Dakota. I mean, it was just... So, anyway, uh, let's just kind of... Um, I reset a little bit here by the way William Prentice CEO of Meridian Energy Group what we what we were originally talking about was the Davis Refinery and some of the hurdles they've encountered and that's where we sidebarred a little bit to some of the um, extremism that's uh, bled into the uh, what originally had legitimate environmental concerns with reclamation and some of the things the industry took took uh, major strides in that was the history part that you were talking about before and where we're at now is a different ball game and Let's let's go through a little micro timeline, if you wouldn't mind. At the Bakken out there with the Davis refinery, you mentioned the Walton down the Permian. Probably is going to come on a year or two after the the Davis refinery. And are we looking at? I mean, I know I think we broke ground already, but are we going to look at some footings and things this year? Give me a little micro timeline.
1: Well, the yeah, you know, the one major issue with regard to Davis is weather, of course. So you know what we're doing is is trying to weatherproof the construction schedule. And that means, uh, that, you know, we're adopting a fairly comprehensive modular approach to construction. Um, that means we're probably not going to see a lot of activity this early this summer. Uh, we'll be back in the field, finishing up, you know, the the grading and so forth for foundations, Uh, as we get into uh, the middle of the summer, but most of the emphasis is going to be on uh, welding steel in shops all over the country and getting modules ready to ship up, you know, starting, uh, uh, well, you know, towards the end of summer this com- this uh, coming year. And then uh, the heaviest construction activity will be during the summer of 2020. And the reason for that is, you know, we'll just, um, I just don't want guys out uh, you know essentially trying to kill themselves by building uh, stuff and you know working with cranes and seventy below with wind chill and and when the wind comes up it's just not as safe so we're we're kind of erring on the side of safety here and again I've I've built uh, stuff all over the world and uh, up including North slope and in Valdez uh, Alaska and weather conditions are more severe in North Dakota than they are on the North Slope, um, so we have to plan around that. And that means that we're probably not doing a lot of what will be visible in the field till uh, about a year from now, when modules will start to arrive on site. But until then, you know, we'll be we'll be working around on the project and getting foundations ready. Um, you know. Again, weather is everybody's big concern as you start to spend a lot of money on the project. So we'll, we'll work with that.
0: I just talked uh, to I somebody today on their way to Williston, and they got a heads up that good luck getting onto the well sites. It's pretty muddy out there. So, I mean, just to em- emphasize what you're talking about, it's it's a lot easier said than done.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I mean, that's that's something we got to be careful of, too. Uh, the roads uh, can't handle a lot of this heavy equipment uh, right after the thaw. Um, I mean, one of the biggest problems we heard about during the uh, the permitting process at the county was that during the construction of the uh, some of the rail terminals and a couple of the gas plants, those guys didn't do a very good job of, uh, of managing the damage to the roads. And, you know, that area is not real heavily populated, but... When people drive around, they don't want to be running through three foot ruts in the road from moving a crane around. So uh, we have to be careful there. And that means that we are probably going to limit our, our uh, construction window appreciably here this coming year, because we have to improve some local highways before we can move equipment in. That's part of our deal with the county. Um, But yeah, I, I would much rather be able to get everything out there and start building immediately but we we have to take a staged approach here because of the weather issues
0: wrapping up any final thoughts William Prentice CEO of Meridian Energy Group I like to give guests of course the final thoughts that's why the question isn't framed by me at all anything we missed anything you want to reiterate or just any nice you know barbecue recipe you might want to disclose I don't know that's why I give people the floor they can kind of go whatever direction they want so the floor is yours sir
1: I I appreciate that and I think I say this almost every time but you know big things have small beginnings and uh, this whole concept of a clean refinery began in North Dakota. We're very proud of what we've done so far. I can't wait to get this thing built and in operation and it it is going to change the industry it started right there in Belfield.
0: And that was William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Week in Review.
1: killer with your tail and
0: your baby blue eyes. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Coming up next, Mark Fox, the chairman of the three affiliated tribes, Fort Berthold Indian Reservation, and we're talking with him in Mandaree, North Dakota.
4: My name is Mark Fox, uh, chairman of the Mandan, Hidatsun and Nation.
0: And we are here today in Mandaree, North Dakota. Actually, it wouldn't be North Dakota. It Be the uh,
4: well, Fort it's, Berthold
0: it's a, Indian it's Reservation.
4: It's the Fort Berthold Indian Reservation, but it is uh, located Mandarin, North Dakota, and that's uh, that's was recognized as well.
0: And uh, Mark Fox, what, what is it that you are officially the title of of your um, leadership role here? Well, I'm the chairman.
4: I'm the elected chairman of the Mandan Hidatsa and Arikara Nation. Uh, Fort Berthold is about a million acre reservation. Uh, half of that held in trust. Uh, I've a federal government, um, I lead a council of about seven members, six uh, districts, uh, one representative from each district, and I'm elected at large, that's my job.
0: Talk to me about your relationship with the oil and gas community. Judging by what I witnessed today, it seems like you have a very good relationship. You know, you know, we have a, I just have to be candid about
4: it, we have a very good relationship with a number of oil industry partners, but of course, you know, we live in the real world, which sometimes uh, you don't get those good partnerships with all of them. But nevertheless, today we're celebrating a very positive relationship with one of the primary uh, midstream companies on Fort Berthold, and that's uh, the
0: Crestwood Company. One of the things that I've talked with um, Missouri River Resources CEO David Williams about is there's a unique time happening right now in the Native American community with connection with the oil to where the investments, like we're seeing today with Crestwood, with the $2 million building here, the head start it's mm-hmm. empowering it's empowering the communities, not just yes. lifting them, it's empowering generations. do you know what I mean by that yeah, absolutely absolutely
4: you know, it's you know this whole thing with the, our choice our choices of a nation to, to develop our energy resources uh, you know, that doesn't that, not uh, a given across in Indian country uh, there, there are a number of tribes who don't endorse or who don't support uh, energy development of their own resources ours does. Our nation, uh, the, allot, the allotted uh, portions uh, to individuals, as well as uh, the tribe as a whole, we do support uh, development of oil and gas, one of our resources here, but it, it's really about, it's about uh, benefit as well. So mm-hmm. about 80% of our people are not significant beneficiaries of oil and gas, 80%. They don't get monthly royalty checks from an oil company, they don't have uh, mineral resources. So they rely on what the tribe does. And, and, and so if the tribe has taken the resources collectively on their behalf and we're managing it with jobs, economic opportunity, revenue, uh, we take those things and we build, what I said, tangible benefits when they see uh, infrastructure in the ground, they see programs, educational, medical, health insurance, all these different things. When, when those individuals in particular who don't stand to benefit directly from oil and gas uh, realize that they, they benefit as a whole, uh, as a part of the whole, then it really it
0: sells well uh, in, in the endorsement of our people. One of the things that caught my attention was on our programs, we talk about the energy investment in the communities. Um, that was mentioned today, but then there was the caveat that you didn't let the other energy companies off the hook, that were not investing in their communities. We have a lot of uh, energy enthusiasts and executives that listen to these programs. What kind of message do you want to be left with for those who do not mm-hmm. invest in the communities? Because the, the, like what Crestwood is doing today is tremendous. You guys were very grateful for, for their investment, but you're not letting everyone else off the hook. Agreed.
4: Uh, we, we can't. Uh, and that's the way business is done, not only in the United States, but around the world. You know, companies come in and they, they reap a, a, a benefit, right? Um, they reap a benefit by by uh, interacting on development of a, of a resource. And so for our situation here, we've got, like I said, some some companies like Crestwood, today we're celebrating millions of dollars in investment into uh, something that doesn't necessarily mean a direct... Benefit back to how they operate, but in general shows their investment into the community, shows their investment into the, the public and into what goes on there, and so. But we have a number of companies who do not, and 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 it's just been uh, so tough uh, working and coordinating with some of them to say, you know, if you want to be part of what we've got going on here. If you want to have a vision of long-term economic benefit, you need to interact and you need to do those types of things because that's what we're forced to do as tribal governments. As a tribal government, we have to take those revenues that we realize and benefit and we create that benefit. So without that in place, you know, it's really difficult. If it's just one side is doing it and the other is not, it's hard to build things. And, and these are multi-million dollar projects. So oftentimes you see the tribe having to phase things out, maybe one, two and three year phases, because as much as there, people might think there's an endless supply of, of revenue here, uh, it, we've done well as far as revenue, but it, it's not what people sometimes imagine. So the, the resources are still limited, but we're trying to build that infrastructure. So the message today you heard and you always hear me, uh, whether it's in Bismarck, North Dakota or Washington, D.C., you know, put up or shut up. Or more more likely, if you're just here to make a quick buck and to flip that, well, why don't you flip it today and, 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 and allow us the, to work with somebody who's more willing to invest into the community, is more
0: long-term thinking, and that's how we positively benefit. So on the flip side of that, we're here today celebrating a building dedication, a Head Start building dedication. The symbolism behind that is tremendous to start with the, yes. the, the pre-K, the youth. Uh, talk to me about the investment that Crestwood has made in the community and how the community has responded.
4: I think that the community has responded really well. You see that today. And I think you're going to see uh, great appreciation continue to grow as the children come here in August, you know, a uh, little later, later part of August and all the families who may not be able to stand here today, they're going to be standing around. They're going to come in and say, wow, this is nice. My child is happy. They're learning things. You're going to see that, that, that support and that enthusiasm grow. And so, you know, uh, I don't want to ever take that for granted, uh, what Crestwood has done here has really been significant. And, and I, I, I want to, uh, uh, mention that, that it's no small thing and uh, our nation, because we're also always struggling to do things and build things. When you get a company like Crestwood who comes in and says, we understand you've got so much to, to build. You have so many things that need to be fixed, so to speak, uh, things that need to be, uh, developed, uh, when they come in and say we're going to help you with that, it's tremendous. It's tremendous. So.
0: Quite a few dignitaries showed up. This seems like a pretty big deal for a town of
4: how big's Mandaree? Well, you know, right here by community members, is less than a thousand people. Here I was going to say three hundred, yeah. but sorry, <laughs> there, there's more. Okay, uh, you, know, you know, I think but the it, population is between six and seven hundred people. Okay. in the outlying community, outlying areas. It's spread, out bit. Bit. Yeah. it's spread out a little bit. It's spread yeah. out a little bit, but you know that it's less than a thousand, and so it's a small community, a tight knit community, uh, community. But at the same time, you know, it's one that's in the heart of the bucket. And I brought this up a year ago, and a half a year ago. You know, what, what Mandaree is today is obviously changed from what it was 10 years ago. But where Mandaree will be 10 and 20 years from now is really significant. And we can't make the mistake of, of thinking that, well, maybe it grows, maybe it don't. We'll just go one day at a time. I believe that there's going to be continued growth. And if there's going to be continued growth, which I believe there is, and I think most do, then you've got to put the supporting infrastructure in place as well. Education, fire protection, we're going to be building a brand new uh, fire hall and emergency response center as well. All these things that you see in bigger cities, we've got to put them in the ground and then expand out. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't do any sense to bring uh, a thousand more people in or thousands after this uh, with houses and what
0: have you, but not have the infrastructure. We've got to have that first. Final thoughts here. I like to leave interviews so the guests can take it whatever direction they want. So it's not framed by me. So if you want to reiterate something or we left something out or kind of the floor is yours, sir.
4: I appreciate that. I think the most significant thing here is, you know, when when, when people, you know, listen to tribes and tribal nations talk about their plights and, and how they, you know, trying to, uh, develop and, and trying to undo things that have been done uh, to tribal nations for the last 100 years and failed U.S. policy. We all know that most reservations suffer economically, socially, and, and, and by medical uh, you know, disproportionate effects on our, our, our population. Uh, we suffer greatly on a reservation. And now you have this reservation taking its resources, valuable resources, and trying to build something and, and, and address that. But what we have here today is uh, this Head Start, this preschool institution that we uh, have have partnered with uh, an oil company on, uh, that's going to make all the difference. As I was saying outside, the big difference is with our children. You know, if you want to talk about changing a nation, a tribal nation, you want changing our economy, changing how we live, changing this social economic poverty that many tribes dwell in, you have to start with the young people that's where it starts as adults we can we can we can you know mull our way through things at times you know and survive but if you're really talking to make effective long-term positive change it starts with the little ones and that's what we're celebrating today thank you sir thank you appreciate your time
0: and that was mark fox the chairman of the three to tribes fort berthold indian reservation And we were talking with him in Mandaree, North Dakota. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is The Crude Life Week in Review.
2: Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken.
3: I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds.
1: If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch
2: of rookies. love listening to Jason Speece on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online.
3: Let's bring in Jason Speece, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this?
2: No one does an interview like Jason Speece. Historic. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative. The cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. With construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery.
1: Welcome back
0: to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Coming up next, we talk with Pat Lock, the owner of Pat Lock Safety Systems. Hi, right, my
5: name is Patrick Young. Uh, our business is Pat Lock Safety Systems.
0: Pat Lock Safety Systems. First of all, thank you for joining the program here today. Let's talk a little bit about what Pat Lock Safety Systems is. I'm thinking about something that you know is going to make my bike safe. <laughs>
5: Yeah, well, there's, there's products for that, too. <laughs>
0: All uh, right. T- um, t- t- tell me about what you guys are doing out there in the oil and gas world. So, yeah,
5: we're, uh, we're located over here in uh, Watford City, North Dakota. Uh, and, and what we do, we have designed a, uh, a basically a mechanical device that, that we install on uh, pumping units such as, you know, like Lufkin-Weatherford type units. Um, and, and, and what our product does, it, it uh, safely engages and disengages uh, your paw on the unit or, you know, rig term the dog on the unit without ever having to uh, get on what we like to call the belly of the beast, uh, have, have to crawl up there and either knock them in or knock them out. And so we like to, well, the great thing about the product does is, you know, it's kind of a one-man operation. We can, you know, completely disable that unit from outside the fence, you know, well before, you know, say your rig shows up and they need to throw a chain around, you know, the flywheel or wheel whatever you want to call it. You know, so we can just close that window of, you know, any type of potential, you know, accident. And so... And, you know, and with that, you know, we've been in business for, you know, roughly almost three years. And, uh, you know, we've got about 12 different models now. And uh, so we that, that, that's our forte, you know, is just, you know, coming up with these ideas and, you know, inventions if you want uh, to, you know, kind of just have a safer workplace for not only the producers, but also, you know, all the employees that, that work around them.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Pat Young, one of the examples I talk about many times on this program, and Mr. Young, I'll tell you the example I often describe. One of the reasons why I love the oil and gas industry is because it keeps the essence of capitalism alive, Where, and, and then the example I give is you can take a roustabout working on a rig, and he can figure out a new vibrating tube, and next thing you know, he's got a company, and he's got a contract, and he's making good money, and all that is within the course of a year's time from... Just working as a roustabout, and you were a former roustabout, weren't you? Yeah. So I, uh, I, I I broke
5: out in the oil industry in Wyoming. I've been in the industry for about 14 years now, and uh, you know then relocated to uh, North Dakota. Roustabout the entire time, uh, chasing drilling rigs around, building tank batteries. Uh, was actually requested to come up to North Dakota through one of my company men I previously worked for. Uh, to you know, show some of the guys, you know how to how how to, how to build build some batteries and this and that. And you know, it was yeah about uh, about roughly four years ago, three years ago. You know, I just had this idea I wanted to do, and you know, so we had that little that little downturn a few years ago where oil kind of you know fell down there pretty good, and so we had a little bit of spare time. We were still busy, and just kind of went with the idea i wanted to do you know just kind of just pull the tape measure out didn't know exactly how it was going to work but i had the concept down and and just started going with it and yeah and within three days i had the first prototype installed it worked the very first time i was extremely happy that day and uh it's just a good feeling when you have an idea and it works, and it's and everything went through really, really good, and and then we kind of perfected it one more time after that, and it was just on the money, and then it was just like, okay, we got to make more models, and then and then it just kind of just took off from there. So, you know, I I think anybody with the right mind frame and a little bit of especially vision, you know, they can they can change anything they want, you know, and, 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 and in a good way. So, so it, was a, it, was, it was, it was, it was, a great time.
0: Uh, would you, you'd technically be an inventor, wouldn't you?
5: Yeah. So we, uh, we are patent pending in Canada and the U S as well. And, uh, so we're looking, uh, we should be hearing back on that very, very soon. We, uh, we we talk to the attorneys every day, and we've got uh, some great feedback from the uh, up in Canada and in the U.S. on you know all of our claims and everything. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess you could say I've been labeled a little bit as a, a little bit of as a local inventor. I, I guess you could say.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it sounds to me like that's what it was. I mean, patent pending, whatever. I mean, the thing's still invented. I mean, it's kind yeah. of like... Yeah, well, I don't
1: like to talk myself up.
0: Yeah, my sure. Well, that's what I'm here for, <laughs> is to talk that up. Why not? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. okay, so you're based in Watford. Uh, how many employees do you guys have?
5: So, we we got about six employees right now, and uh, about the, the same amount of uh, sales reps that, you know, they, they, they run around in the different regions, a lot of them... Uh, a lot of them go out of state. So, you know, that's another avenue that we use to, you know, kind of branch all over the nation. And, you know, and we're we're centralized right here in Watford. So uh, it, it's working out real good. You know, if you, if you're a good salesman, come on down to the Patlock shop and uh, here in Watford, give me a call at 307-689-7002. Give me a shout. We'll sit down with you and we'll work something out.
0: How's business down in Texas and New Mexico?
5: So we did a we, we did a big show in Midland uh, a little over a month ago. Great show, great people down there, and uh, you know it was kind of the same response that we got up here. Was why wasn't this thing you know you know made you know forty years ago? So we uh, everything turned out pretty good down there. We made a lot of great contacts. We'll actually be going to Houston uh, here in about two weeks. Uh, got a whole week full of meetings. Uh, that's going to be very exciting. We have branched out over to, you know, Carlsbad and Hobbs, New Mexico, you know, so the, the you know, people ask me how the business is going and I, and I just kind of say Patlock is its own, it's kind of like its own person and it just has its own pulse and it, it just kind of spreads all over the place. And, you know, we get calls from New Mexico. We ship out, uh, uh, a bunch of content to a uh a workover rig service that were, is, was extremely interested in it because it just wanted they just wanted to make you know their jobs easier their employees safer so you know it's, it's just getting the word out there the word's traveling pretty well and uh we're, we're, we're excited to just kind of go all over the place with it
0: talk to me about your customer i mean is it primarily just oil and gas uh companies or is there, you got some ag uh, people that could be a prospects or is it just you know operators tell me about who your customer is well a, a lot of our
5: customers are uh, you know mainly oil producers uh, you know the, the the product the invention you know was kind of sourced all the way around it so you know uh, yeah all the major oil producers you know we work with uh, like I said the workover rigs you know they'll sometimes you know uh they like to buy them and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, directly all, all oil filled, you know, but we got some other ideas that, you know, is kind of in the, in the black book for, you know, more ideas, more inventions that we want to do, especially in the gas industry, you know, and we'll, uh, we are kind of, we are working currently on a few of them. So, uh, look forward to, you know, get, get into that as well.
0: You mentioned you're out of Watford City. A lot of changes through Watford City. Uh, People down in Midland, of course, can can appreciate uh, just kind of an update from a a big growing town. That you know, for during low oil times, it's it's not very not 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 a lot of stuff going on. Then all of a sudden, you got a lot of trucks, white trucks coming through that sort of thing. Uh, How's how's the main street looking in Watford? And you know, if you're living there, is the quality of life increasing? That sort of thing.
5: Yeah, so we actually our, our shop that we bought is uh, right on Main Street, 101 South Main Street. So, you know, if you, if if you're bored, come on down. I'll give you a free tour. But you know, uh, Watford itself, and what I like about it, the infrastructure is caught up. They got a lot of the uh, a lot of the gas plants coming coming in online. So you're seeing some people you know, some really good people move in, you know, that that are just trying to, you know, maybe change their lives a little bit or just, you know, looking to, you know, expand their horizons, you could say, and, you know, have, you know, a good paying job with with some really good benefits. And, you know, the ones that, you know, hung out and stuck around during the dips and all that, you know, they more than likely they are probably being rewarded now. And, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see the strong ones stick in there.
0: Mr. Pat Young, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause, and we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Pat Young, the owner of Patlock Safety Systems. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Week in Review.
1: come down on me Every time I roll back to town Every
0: time
2: I roll You can run from a winter
1: time in the midnight black cold coming up behind you teeth in your neck slow on the road like the fingers of a ghost Wind is crying through a
0: crack in the window welcome back to the crude life week in review my name is Jason Speece thank you folks for joining us coming up next we continue the conversation with Pat Young the owner of Patlock safety systems
5: and hey, um- you know, it's 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 good to see the strong ones stick in there, uh, but you know, like like with Waffle they got they got the new uh, you know the high school and center has been done for a little bit now, but you know, great place up there, good investment, and uh, you know you're seeing just uh, a uh, you know the lots are all the commercial lots are going going pretty quickly, the real estate's pretty good. Uh, you know, I'm sure they're going to have to build some more apartment complexes with all the future, you know, plants coming online and just everything else. So, you know, and, and, and it's, it's just a good, you know, family-oriented town. You know, everyone's really super friendly. Locals are great. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a good all-around place.
0: Hey, what do you make of the uh, retirement that's happening, the cruise shift? You know, they, they call it the great, the, the, depends on which part of the country you're in. Um, the Rockies, it looked like they call it the, the great big cruise shift that's happening or shift change. I'm sorry, cruise shift change. And I call it the retirement issue, which is 70% of the industry is retiring by 2022 based Hello. on the the numbers I've been given by the leaders in this industry. Um, you know, there's a that's an issue. You know, there, there's the, the you know, we, we got stuff going on politically where presidential candidates are talking about banning the industry, and you got the new green deal out there, and uh-huh. um, Colorado, et cetera, you know, so you've got some idealistic-minded younger generational people coming in, and no fault of theirs, that's just the social engineering that's happening, sure. um, you know, well, I grew up on Harry, you know, Harry the Dirty Dog, that coal and oil and gas were dirty, and that's why the dog went and hid the uh, brush, because he didn't, you know, you know, he liked to have fun. Um, some of the, I understand some of the, uh, literature in school doesn't even have oil and gas as an option for pros and cons for kids. And so it's like, wow, we're just not even talking about it anymore. So, um, you know, without getting political, without getting anything along those lines, uh, your observations, you know, you're part, you're part of this, you know, you're, you're on the younger side, you're under 50. Uh, you I imagine you're under 40 well uh, 36 okay 36 so you know you're you're kind of in the middle there you're not you're not a millennial but you're on that on the cusp of being a millennial and gen x i guess um boy that's tough Let's just call it a gray area Well, you know, I feel bad for millennials Because, you know, they they literally grew up Where everything was the best and everything was the worst That was the language that they grew up with So now they get put out into the real world Where they have to actually have real definitions From Webster's Dictionary And they don't know what to do Their minds are about to explode Because they're trying to get their linguistic footing They're trying to not be a Kardashian You know, that type of thing and then you yeah. got the Gen X side, which is, yeah, you know, whatever, we don't care. Where's the pot, man? You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. um, anyway, I, I don't know how we got off on that, but talk to me a little bit about just how you're dealing with this change that's going on. You got, you know, you lined up, meetings lined up in Houston. I'm pretty sure they're going to be eyeing you up and down. Yeah, no,
5: no, they, they will, and, and that's expected, you know, but. I look at it you know like this you know they've you know it is a little unfortunate that there isn't uh you know a little bit more direction towards the oil field as far as you know a, an educational standpoint you know that's that, that, that's out of my hands you, you know th- this is what i can tell you about me you know i you know when i grew up you know school was not my thing it just it just really wasn't you know Uh, you know my my dad was in the oil industry his dad was in the oil industry our whole family was in the oil industry so i was just drawn to it and you know but but the 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 thing i like about it though is you could take literally anybody and you can make a career in the oil industry you don't you don't have to i mean if, if you can go to school and college and you know, and, and do the engineering and all that. But you know, if, if you just want to, you know, buckle down and and, and kind of get your life in order and, and and start getting after it, the oil fields are a great opportunity for that. And that's one thing I really enjoy. But you know, as as far as you know, the generation, you know, it's it's, it's kind of like you said. You know, they they grew up, everything was really good or really bad. You know, what have you? And now they're in the they're, they're in the real world, trying to figure it all out. You know, it's just you know, it's 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 hard to make a lot of sense of it. You know, I know I uh, most of the people that that work for me are are younger than me. Um, I like that. I like to be able to pass something on, some type of uh, you know, whether it's information, you know, anything that I can help, you know, with with you know, even a younger generation or an older generation. I'm always I'm always there, so
1: I don't
5: I don't really single out. A lot, of, you know, was a lot of it gets so political, and you can just talk and go out in the freaking universe with it. But um, yeah, you know, it's 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 just it's just different times, and uh, I guess you
0: know, I I look at it like the one as you were talking, I was writing down some notes, and the word entitlement comes up, yeah. and the oil industry, the thing that attracted me to it was how it gave opportunity. It gave opportunity to its employees. It gave yeah. opportunity to its community, which a lot of industries don't do. And right. they don't, you know, they don't, <clears throat> it's just, it's, it's always based on the vein of opportunity, you know, and um, yeah, they donate when, you know, certain churches and, and causes need it. But for the most part, if you've got a fundraising project, they don't give you the whole thing. They'll give you an right. opportunity to get it going, but you got to work a little bit too, and that's the part I liked about it: is they never really embraced entitlement as much as they embraced opportunity. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. No, it's, a, it's spot on. You know, if you got if you got the drive, you know, you got a vision of where you want to go. You know, you, you, you got your short term goals, you got your long term goals. You know, you could you can literally accomplish anything in the.
0: In, in the oil, you know, in the oil industry, if, if you really wanted to. And that was Pat Young, the owner of Patlock Safety Systems. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit crudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. To check out our social media network, we would ask you to visit thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab. Become one of our 350,000 plus energy enthusiasts. Of our entire network, there you can check it out. We got all kinds of different shale plays that we're in, but thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab; will get you to all the places social you need to be. Thank you very much. All right, that's going to do it for today's program. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm sorry, next week at this time on this radio station. We'll be back tomorrow on some stations between the Crude Life Daily Update and the Multimedia Cafe, but. The Crude Life in Review will be back next week at this time on this radio station. If you're streaming us on the internet or maybe downloaded one of our podcasts on iTunes, thank you very much. Thank you for listening on the radio. Thank you for podcasting. Thank you for streaming us. We appreciate you choosing us to be part of your content. From the staff here, oh, one more time, we got to thank William Prentice with Meridian Energy Group. Good luck with the Davis Refinery. Thank Pat Young with Patlock Safety Systems and, of course, the chairman of the three affiliated tribes out of Fort Berthold Indian Reservation, Mark Fox. We appreciate it very much. From the staff here at the Crude Life Week in Review, my name is Jason Speece, asking you to her life and enjoy this
1: place. No other choice. You are the queen of the
5: midnight run. When dark, the sun, the radio
2: and dashboard lights.